Now, if you have your Bibles with you, I would encourage you to turn to the book of Colossians, chapter 2. So we're going to look briefly this evening at verses 6 and 7 of Colossians, chapter 2. These verses form sort of a theme for the purpose of Paul's letter to the Colossians. Uh, It's also a great hinge point as Paul begins to move from stating the positive case of who the Lord Jesus Christ is and how we are to serve Him. And he will begin now critiquing the false teachers and how they are trying to add to the foundation of Christ. And so as we begin to look here, let me read, beginning in verse 1, for context. Hear now the very Word of God. It is completely sufficient, completely authoritative, and completely without error. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you, and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Thus far the reading of God's holy word. Let's pray for His blessing upon it. Dear Lord, we ask you this evening that you would teach us from your word, that you would teach us the sufficiency of Christ. This we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Paul is now moving to begin to critique all of the false teaching that is showing up in Colossae. And as I said, this section, this two-verse portion of chapter 2 is sort of a theme for Colossians as he describes what the Christian life is to be like to receive Jesus Christ and to walk in him rooted and built up and established in the faith. And so what we will see this evening are three things. First, we will see that to walk in Jesus Christ reminds us that Jesus is a beginning not an end. Our relationship with Jesus Christ, and as we come to know Him, is the beginning of our journey of faith. Not an end. The second thing that we will see is that in Jesus Christ, we are called to be always growing in the faith. That this journey is one in which we expect to see growth in our lives. And the third thing that we will see is that we are consolidated in this journey, consolidated in the truth. So a beginning, not an end, always growing, and consolidated in the truth. Let's begin then by thinking about Jesus as a beginning, not an end. 
Now, what do we mean by this? You have to understand in the context that the false teachers were coming into this church in Colossae and saying, I'm so glad that you believed on Jesus. Jesus is great. Jesus is all over the scriptures of the Old Testament. But if you really want to be in with God, if you really want to grow deeper, if you really want to go higher, if you really want to take it to the next level, then you must, you see, they add on. When false teachers seek to contradict the doctrine of the gospel, they do not come into the church denigrating the Lord Jesus Christ. They lift Him up, but they always leave room for something extra. When the Jehovah's Witnesses come to your door, they don't say, you're nuts for believing in Jesus. When the Mormons come to your door, they don't say, we don't understand why you possibly see Jesus as being important. No, they will go on and on and gush at length at how good Jesus is and how good a teacher he is. But they will always add their element that is needed beyond Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is seeking to refute here. But we have to understand that the reason why this error of going deeper Going higher beyond Jesus is so attractive to people is because there's truth in it. If we're honest with ourselves, we want to go deeper with God, don't we? We want to go higher in our understanding. We want to have a deeper, richer experience of God. And there's nothing wrong with that. God actually wants that for us. That's not the problem. The problem is when we seek to do this by a means other than the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, that is the problem. They were taught that more was needed than Jesus. They were beginning to use Jesus just as a starting point, not as an end. And you see, the Bible doesn't teach that. And Paul's gospel doesn't teach that. You see, when we come to faith, when by faith we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that is the beginning of our journey. It is not the end. Jesus Christ begins a relationship with us. And this is what happens to the Colossians. You see, they knew Jesus Christ. They had received Him, Christ Jesus the Lord. This is about the fullest way that Jesus can be described. It was used in the early church as a baptismal formula. And if you think about it, these three names, if you will, Christ, Jesus, and Lord, describe for us Jesus in all of His fullness. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is God's anointed chosen one. He is the one sent by God to redeem sinners. But He is also Jesus. And the very name itself reminds us that He came to save His people from their sins. And He has also let us not ever forget Lord. If we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, we must know Him as Lord. That is not a tack-on later. Because only in being the Lord is He able to conquer sin. Is He able to overcome the wickedness in our life. Jesus is the starting point. 
He is obviously the essential and fundamental starting point for the Christian life. That's why Paul begins verse 6 with a therefore. But the beginnings with Jesus are not the place to stop. If we think about it, that would be like planning a trip or a vacation, packing your bags, getting tickets, being ready to go, going to the driveway, getting in the car, turning on the car, and looking at each other and say, we've arrived. No. Everything you've done is important. But there's a journey to be taken. There's an end in sight. Now you're on the right path. You're in the car. You're going in the right direction. But there still is an end to be found. You see, as we relate to the Lord Jesus Christ, it is not an isolated experience that happens once. Our relationship with Jesus, receiving Christ Jesus as Lord, affects our way of thinking. It affects all of the relationships we have. It affects all of our life, the walk that Paul talks about here. Jesus is not merely a dot on the landscape of our life. He is all in all, from beginning to end. The other thing that we have to remember is, as we progress in the faith, we must build on the beginning. You see, it isn't enough to simply grow or to go deeper or to progress. We must progress on the principles that we began with. That is the principles of grace. The principles of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We go off of that beginning and the Lord builds our life. You see, our relationship with Christ is more than a starting point. It is a touchstone that we go back to over and over and over again. Young people, you have to realize that when you are very old, you will still have to look to Jesus as much as you do now. Even when you are wiser, more experienced, have your own home, your own job, you will still need Jesus as much as the very first day. Christ Jesus the Lord is our calling. It is He who is the Lord of our life. It is He who is the one who has saved us. He is the Lord over sin and death. And this is a challenge to us because our whole life must be consistent with that profession. If we profess that Jesus Christ is Lord, we'd better live like it. If He is our Lord, then we must obey Him. And this is a very challenging thing in hard times. It's a very challenging thing when it's unpopular to follow Jesus. But Paul calls upon us to walk in Jesus Christ just exactly as we have received Him. The second thing we see here about the Christian life is that the Christian life is one in which we are always growing. First and foremost, that growth is dependent upon Christ Himself. So if we see here, this phrase that Paul uses, as you received Christ, so walk in Him, gives us a hint. 
The receiving here is an, a simple act in the past. It is a point in time. But the walking is a present continuous act. It is something that starts from that point and flows out and continues. That walk is a continuous thing and it is a life that involves growth. This is in one way the way, the way in which scientists describe and define how something is alive. You know something is alive if it is growing. Dead things don't grow. They rot. The Christian life is like that. There is no time for sitting still. There is no time for resting in the state that we are in. We are called to constantly know the Lord more, trust the Lord more, be with the Lord more. In a way, the Christian life is a lot like a shark. You know what I mean by that, don't you? Some of you have watched Shark Week on cable channels. What do sharks do? At least, I'm no sharkologist, but at least I am told that about a shark, one of the things that's characteristic of them is that they are always swimming. They don't stop. They're always moving. I think it has to do with their physiology and that they would not float properly otherwise, but that's a picture of what the Christian life is like. And I don't mean that in a sense of that we always have to hustle and bustle everywhere, but we must always be aware and acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ and that He is taking us more and more toward the Father and that we are being molded more and more by the Spirit in the image of Christ. And so this is how the Christian is described. Look in verse 7. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith. Now, rooted and built up are grammatical forms called participles. You didn't know school was going to start on Sunday. A participle is a type of word that is part verb, part adjective, stuck together. It's an action that describes what a person or thing is like. And you see here, when Paul is talking to the Colossians, he's not commanding them to be rooted up. He's not commanding them to be built up. He's not telling them this is something they have to do. He's saying, this is who you are in Jesus. You are rooted. You are built up. You are established. This is what it means to be a Christian. So the question then comes to you. Are you growing in Christ? Are you seeking the Lord through His means of grace? Are you testifying to His goodness to your friends, your neighbors, your family? You see, this is what it means to be a Christian. That Paul encourages the Colossians and us to walk in Jesus in this way. The other thing that we notice about the growth of the Christian is not only that it is a requirement, not only that it is dependent upon Jesus, but that it only occurs in Christ. There is no other mechanism of growth. We grow only when we walk in Christ. Jesus is the beginning and the foundation principle of our life. 
but he also sets the trajectory. You know what a trajectory is, don't you? It's where something will end up. We enjoy on occasional nice days, my family and I going out with Bobby Nelson shooting rockets into the sky. And the trajectory is very important because if the rocket is turned just a little bit, the longer it goes, the further off center it goes. And that's true with the Christian life too. We have to stick close to basic principles of who Jesus is and what He has done for us. Because as we move off of the trajectory that Jesus has set for us, we become further and further away from the Lord. If we want to grow, we must grow in Christ. With Him as the beginning and on His path. Isn't this, after all, what Jesus told us in the Gospel of John? That we can do nothing without Him. And that the branches can only grow when they are grafted into the vine. This was not just an interesting story or an encouragement for the disciples. This is the path and the story of your life. If you are to grow, you must be in Jesus. The third and final thing that we see here is that we are called by Paul to be consolidated in the truth. Paul says that we are to walk in Christ, we are to be rooted and built up in Him, and then we are to be established in the faith, just as you were taught. This is again a third participle that we see that describes who the Christian is. He is someone that needs a firm foundation to grow. He must be established in the faith. Now this is not belief of faith, this is the faith that was delivered to the saints. You need this kind of foundation to be strong and to grow. Have you ever wondered why there is only one leaning tower of Pisa? Why isn't there the leaning tower of Rome? Why isn't there the leaning tower of London? Why doesn't Big Ben lean? Why don't we have the leaning Empire State Building in New York? Because generally speaking, if your foundation is not firm and you are not straight, you fall down. The leaning tower of Pisa is, is a marvel to us. How can this tower lean and not fall? We expect it to fall. And the same is true of the Christian life. If we are not with a strong foundation, if we are not rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and in His truth, we will lean and we will fall. And so Paul calls upon the Colossians and upon us to believe the truth. You see, in order to walk for Jesus Christ, we require the truth. We are often tempted, aren't we, to act instead of believing. To do things and to busy ourselves in order to put out of our mind doubts we might have. Or the hard work of thinking through the truth of God's Word. But you see, Paul says truth is important and we must believe. And you see, there is something that needs to be said in the 21st century Christian era. It is not enough to believe. It is not enough to have faith. You must believe in the truth. 
you must have faith in the truth. A vague belief or faith in something spiritual will not make you right with the Lord. You must believe God's Word is true. You must trust and have faith in the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing is not enough. It is what we believe in. It is what we have faith in. It is whom we trust that matters. Paul reminds us of this when he says, we need to be established in the faith just as you were taught. See, Paul had taught the Colossians and he has taught us in his other letters that Jesus is Lord. He has taught us the gospel of grace that God sent His Son to die upon a cross for the sins of sinners. He has taught us that we can rely with certainty upon God's Word. This is what we have been taught. And we are to be established in it. And when we are established in it, then our walk will be by truth. Truth informs our walk. You see, the reason we have truth is for godliness. Paul says this in 1 Timothy 6. He says, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness... Let him be accursed. You see, truth is for godliness. What we know from the Scriptures, what we know of God's character, what we know of God's work and His deeds, is so that we will walk after the Lord Jesus Christ. If we don't have the truth, we will not walk. And we cannot have any shortcuts. The Christian life is about reading your Bible. It is about studying the truth of God's Word. It is about seeking to grow, not just in the grace, but in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we have to be taught. We have to persevere on. And to do this, there are no shortcuts. We must trust the Lord to teach us from His Word by His Spirit. And what happens then when this occurs? When we walk a walk, following Jesus Christ, when we are rooted and established in God's Word and truth, what happens is what Paul describes at the end of verse 7, that then we are abounding in thanksgiving. You see, thanksgiving is another mark of the Christian. It lets us know that we are content. And I want you to notice here that Paul does not have a grudging thanksgiving. You know, some of us have a way of, of doing that to others. They assist us or they help us and we say, well, you know, thanks. We get just the bare minimum out. Some of us need to be prompted to give thanks. Oftentimes with children, a parent will say, say thank you. Thank you. Sometimes with adults that will happen too. A husband or wife will nudge the other. You need to thank them. That's not what Paul's talking about here. He says we are to be abounding in thanksgiving. You see, because if we walk in the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what our circumstances, as we become more like Jesus, we are content. And that shows in our thanksgiving. 
Paul describes what it is like here to live the Christian life. It is to know that Jesus Christ is Lord, to walk in Him, to be established by Him, and to grow in Him by the truth of God's Word. Does this describe your life? It should. If you have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to be grounded in Him, you need to be growing in Him, and you need to be thankful in Him. That's what the description of a Christian is. 